The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. We want to be clear about what our policy is going to be while we're here in the void. Logic suggests we may have to be more opportunistic if we intend to survive. I was thinking about that myself. I thought maybe I could get some guidance from the Federation Charter. I was hoping I'd find a loophole that would allow us to take actions we ordinarily wouldn't take. Any luck? The Charter's a statement of principles, not a practical document. No section on how to exist in a void? No. But I've become convinced that we've got to stick to our principles, not abandon them. Should the crew be ready to die for those principles? If the alternative means becoming thieves and killers ourselves, yes. But I'm betting that our principles are going to keep us alive. Captain? The Federation is based on mutual cooperation. The idea that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Voyager can't survive here alone. But if we form a temporary alliance with other ships, maybe we can pool our resources and escape. As you pointed out, the people we've encountered in this void are thieves and killers. Such individuals are hardly ideal allies. I agree. Then who are we going to form an alliance with? Anyone who agrees to play by our rules. No killing, no stealing, and no giving up. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, October 10th, 2019. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be Sticking to principles is one of the hallmarks of Maxime Bernier's ways of doing politics differently. And that's exactly what Maxime did at this past Monday's federal leaders debate held in Gatineau, Quebec. However, that superficial and extremely poorly organized leaders debate format was certainly no way for anyone to discover anything substantive about Canada's federal parties but it at least was a key way for voters to discover what parties were considered in the running. In a way, the leaders' debate was symbolic of our larger theme today, the closed and manipulated conversation and monologue that passes for political debate. If we speak at all to what transpired during the leaders' debate, we'll leave that conversation for an upcoming show, when we'll also have had time to assess the media and public reactions to that debate. So today an event far more deserving of our attention, especially since Just Right Media was there and recorded it all firsthand. We'll be featuring several guests and participants, including PPC candidates Frank Vaughn and David Haskell, PPC leader Maxime Bernier, American YouTube personality Dave Rubin, Canadian YouTube personality Derek Harrison, and believe it or not, the infamous Prince of Pot, Mark Emery. It all begins right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, subscribe to Just Right on iTunes, and follow us on SoundCloud, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Visit us at www.justrightmedia.org, where you can access all of Just Right's social media links, our archive broadcasts, and of course, 
where we encourage you to offer your financial support and in so doing, become part of our effort to enlighten others about the true nature of freedom and capitalism. Now, the September 29th PPC event in Hamilton attracted worldwide attention, not because of what transpired at the event itself, but because of the outrageous fascist and Antifa protests that were being held outside the Mohawk College 1,000-seat auditorium, where the crowd was very near that capacity. What you're about to hear was all recorded by Just Right Media for our YouTube channel is just some of the bare essentials as they relate to our key theme, freedom of speech and the problem with the mainstream media. So I'm Frank Vaughn, if you don't know. Uh, and I will be the MC and moderator for tonight's event. But before we do anything, I really want to say thanks to all of you for coming tonight and pushing back against the fascism that's happening outside. I just also want to make a quick observation that's not on my list. Looking out at this crowd, we are the most terrible white supremacist organization in the history of the planet. We fail at it. Now, the first member of our panel started out as a journalist. He was a print features writer and later moved to television, receiving rewards from TV Ontario and the Radio Television News Directors Association for his work. He's been a high school teacher, a college professor, a professional musician, and I can genuinely say one of the most fluid and enjoyable motivational speakers I've ever heard. He is currently an associate professor at Sir Wilfrid Laurier, where he landed himself in some controversy for stepping up to defend Lindsay Shepard. Do you know who she is? <laughs> Suffice it to say, he's a staunch defender of free speech. I'm talking, of course, our PPC candidate for Cambridge, Professor David Haskell. <laughs> Our next guest is the creator and host of the Rubin Report and formerly part of the Young Turks Network and Aura TV, and he previously hosted the Ben and Dave Show and the Six Pack. Well, we all got to start somewhere. <laughs> he is often considered to be a conservative or libertarian commentator, but he prefers to self-identify as a classical liberal, and I think that's a little bit more apt. The story of his intellectual evolution and his leaving of the left is one of the most compelling that I've ever become familiar with. May I introduce David Rubin. And last, but certainly not least, the man who broke away from the corruption of establishment politics in Canada to strike a new political path and give Canadians a real choice in our national culture. He is a lawyer, an expert in the field of economics, a man with foreign policy experience. His political experience, in fact, dwarfs everybody else running to be prime minister right now, running for the job. Probably all together. He exudes integrity, principle, consistency, self-sacrifice, and courage. 
in pursuit of his hope to wake Canada up to a new set of possibilities. He leads by example, and I've seen this myself. He drives himself to squeeze every last hour of every single day in his hope for Canada, in his belief in Canada and the value systems that we share. It's my high honor and my distinct privilege to introduce Canada's leading defender of freedom, fairness, personal responsibility, and respect, the leader of the People's Party of Canada, Maxime Bernier. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just say very quickly before we start that you guys probably know I did about 12 or 15 stops in Canada with Jordan Peterson in the last year and the worst thing I was called was a fascist but tonight I got called a Nazi. <laughs> Well, you've had that going on for a couple days now. Yeah, so I feel like I've arrived. So it's good to be here everybody. Well, I'd actually like to, to start with you Dave. Free speech is obviously the cornerstone of Western civilization, and every one of us on this stage has taken risks in defense of it. Um, you are a free speech advocate, and that is an understatement. What made you decide as an American to come to Canada and take this risk of coming in here to stand up for free speech right here? Well, you know, I think most of you know my story, which is why a lot of you were groaning when he said the Young Turks, and well done. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, was, I was a lefty, I was a progressive. I, I know what that is, what that sense of collectivism is. I know what that, that knee-jerk response to believe that any one of you people in this room, because you take some position, not, not even an array of positions, but because you take one or two mild positions, perhaps on taxes or, or something like that, that's outside of progressive groupthink, that they decide to label all of us racist, homophobes, bigots, Nazis, the rest of it, and I started seeing that argument not only repeatedly but exclusively. And the more that I saw it, I thought, "This can't be right. This is this is too easy." Even if we're right, whatever that whatever that means. So even if when I was on the left, we were right about some policy issues, it can't possibly be that all of our opponents, all of our intellectual sparring partners, are these evil. Uh, forces of nature or something like that. And as I woke up to that, suddenly, and this was the shocking part, and I think this is sort of what put me on the map, is that I couldn't believe that I found all of these people on the right. I mean, basically you guys, who were absolutely open to agreeing to disagree, to, to hash out issues, to not be any of the things that I was told that you were. And all I've done really is, is been very open about my adventure, and I think it's, it's somehow, I mean, look, when, when Max and I sat down on my show, you know, I saw, here's this politician in Canada talking about free speech, people want me to talk to them, let's do it. And then I, I felt something happened here. So it's an honor to be here with you guys, and there is something that is truly worldwide happening right now. There is something going across the West, if you believe in freedom. Yeah. 
true. I mean, this is true. If you believe in freedom, if you believe in the sovereignty of the individual, that we should have individual rights, that is the cornerstone of Western society, of your society here in Canada and my society at home in the United States and all over Western Europe and the rest of it, we are now officially in the fight to defend that. And that is not a racist principle, that is not a bigoted principle, or any other of those phobes, or any of those things. Uh, it, is the, it is actually the most important principle. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be on stage with you guys. And I thank you for having me. Also, and, uh, yeah. So if you're wondering about the protesters who projected all of their own shortcomings onto the PPC and its supporters, Here's American YouTuber Matt Christensen from his October 2nd presentation, his comments on the bias of the Canadian media and its reporting of fake news hit the nail right on the head. No official word on if she survived the cold train ride to the gulag, but the Soviet references aren't even an exaggeration. These people are here proudly under the wave of the hammer and sickle flag. I'm sure you've all seen that viral piece of footage by now. And yes, it is exactly what it looks like. Antifa thugs physically blocking and verbally harassing an old woman outside of a speaking event at Mohawk College in Hamilton, Ontario for People's Party of Canada candidate Maxine Bernier, a libertarian right politician from what I understand, as well as Dave Rubin, who of course is known for ushering people into the neo-Nazi movement, according to a column in the local paper. That gay Jew is accelerating Holocaust too, and modern problems require modern solutions, so Elder abuse it is. As ridiculous as that scene was, it wasn't the totality of it, and I don't want to lose the rest of the absurdity behind the feature presentation. The first thing to note about this scene is how it was covered by the CBC. Line one of the story reads, quote, a peaceful protest outside an event for Maxime Bernier turned violent Sunday evening as supporters of his People's Party of Canada began to arrive and enter the venue. Yeah, a hot day turned snowy, a sober man turned drunk, a truthful news report turned false. What I'm saying is, if it turned violent, it wasn't a peaceful protest. And the guy in your photo is a good demonstration of why that description doesn't apply. Thank you so much, Kojo. We're gonna, there's some violence happening right now. Yes. Nicole, uh, there's uh, some fighting going on right now. Hamilton police working to break it up. And uh, protesters are chanting right now, let him go. Things are getting uh, heated. As you can see, there's someone uh, being what appears to be arrested. Are you reading what any of the signs are saying that the protesters are holding up at the moment? Yes, uh, some of the signs say hate speech is not free speech. There are uh, LGBTQ uh, pride flags. Yeah, and don't forget that communist revolutionary sign right in front of you, but I guess we're just going to ignore that one. A lot of signs about free speech and immigration. It must be far-sighted, I guess. I guess the Klan must be having trouble recruiting, or maybe they've installed a progressive 21st century diversity quota. Black cop arrests white criminal at KKK's direction, and yet, this is only the second most bizarre narrative of the day. Somehow this is all intellectually square, though. I guess you just have to be really, really smart 
to juggle all of these contradictions. The message is endorsed by a Mohawk College professor who agrees to speak with the reporter. It was important for us as, as professors at the college to uh, uh, reveal why so many people have a, a problem with the People's Party of Canada's ideas. And so why do so many people have a problem with it? What is it about his platform, his view? Sure. I think there's, uh, I'd say there's three big things. Um, one is that um, they're clearly very uh, xenophobic as a party. So they're, they're anti-immigrant. It's very blatant in their platform. Uh, they're also like climate change deniers. It's it's very clear in their platform as well. They're all about, you know, pipelines, pipelines, pipelines. And also, I uh, just their economic policies really are about dismantling social infrastructure in Canada. And uh, they would hurt poor and working people. So there's just a lot of problems, right? To be clear, xenophobia means maybe we should have some rules on what qualifies for refugee status. Maybe immigrants should have some merit and some skill and be of net benefit to Canada. Climate change deniers means maybe Canada shouldn't self-sabotage its economy in response to predictions with a tenuous track record. Hurting poor and working people means, hey, maybe let's try reduced tax rates. And oh, by the way, reduced corporate welfare too. Maybe let's try freedom as an economic plan. And you can agree, disagree, sure, but none of these ideas are feature positions of the Nazi party. None of these ideas are justification for street assault. None of these ideas are anything but mainstream conservative or libertarian thought. Yeah, so I mean, we unfortunately were hit at the last second by the college in $4,000 in security costs, which we just couldn't afford to pay. So we are rescheduling it for Tuesday, October 8th. It will be happening at the college. And that's great that the college will actually then provide an opportunity to balance the freedom of speech here. Balance the freedom of speech is a weird way to put it. Everyone gets to speak freely. And sometimes people will be unanimous in agreement. Sometimes they'll be divided on an issue. But that's for freedom to decide, not for some authority to balance balance properly, but maybe I'm being too picky here. I agree with the main theme of what he's saying. He gets his free speech, they get theirs, and may the best ideas win in a free and open competition. But why then is he involved, at least passively, in a physical blockade obstructing people from participating freely in that free speech exchange? How is blocking speech balancing speech? Or am I supposed to believe that he'd actually be fine with this same sort of obstruction at his event? Because after all, that's just balance. The most impressive double think of the day, though, is easily missed in the crowd. Most of the signs are the typical nonsense you'd expect. Way too many Nazis. Way too much mental illness is a good alternative hypothesis. Hate speech isn't free speech, as though that could be explained with anything other than subjective feelings. Canadian values are white supremacy, patriarchy, and genocide. But it's this one that's way too square of a peg to fit in any circular hole. Immigrants are welcome here, Conservatives are not. Why is welcoming immigrants supposedly so virtuous? I presume this person would say because it's important to be open and accepting to people who are different from you. The reason this person welcomes immigrants is the exact same reason this person betrays in rejecting conservatives. And notice how these groups are treated as though they don't overlap. What about a conservative immigrant to Canada? Is that person welcome as an immigrant? or banished as a conservative? How would we handle this person according to that sign? There is no possible way 
Because premise A directly contradicts premise B, you have to pick one, but you can't without violating the other. This is a person whose foremost message of the day is I will not tolerate you. Oh, and by the way, shame on you for your intolerance. If I had to maintain these ideas in my head simultaneously, maybe I'd just start randomly punching people too. The sheer force of that contradiction has to find its way out somehow. The People's Party of Canada is only a year old. I don't follow Canadian politics in any detailed sense, so this episode was my first exposure. Ironically, not because of the ideas of the party, though on a surface level I like what they're saying about individualism and personal liberty and freedom, but I didn't learn these things about the party because the party sold me on them. I learned these things because of a bunch of jackasses having a circus of casual violence in response. By the way, some of the signs that were being held by protesters, for example, white supremacy is terrorism, way too many Nazis in the PPC, F the PPC, Canadian culture is indigenous, fight against racism, autism does not equal mentally unstable, and the one that topped it all off, proud to be mentally unstable. You know, it's a perpetual motion machine. The media reports fake news and the fake perspectives about the PPC, and then the gullible and the mentally unstable believe it, and then form protest groups to protest things that aren't real, which the media again reports, which in turn perpetuates the story and associations with words like racist, Nazi, etc., and on and on goes a perpetual cycle of irrationality which is increasingly forming the basis of political thought both here in Canada and in the United States. For me as a politician, fighting for freedom is fighting for having real debates. And we don't have that in Canada right now and at the university also. There's too many taboo subjects. And when we are starting a discussion, sometimes the other part, the left, they don't want to jump in that discussion with real arguments. And that's what I don't like in politics right now. Uh, and that's why, you know, our candidates and everybody <coughs> that are with us, they're free to speak and to debate. And I'm so disappointed that during that election, the Conservative Party of Canada said to their candidates, don't do any debates. Don't do any debates. But that's the basic of our civilization to debate. We think we have the right ideas because they're based on freedom and personal responsibility. But you can count on us, on me, to bring the subjects that are important, like uh, speaking about immigration, speaking about free speech, speaking against Bill uh, C-16 and all these crazy uh, leftist proposals. But it's only the beginning for us. And you know that in the I campus did. also. Well, you, you cleared something. Well, first of all, everybody's probably like, who the heck is the guy on the side? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I, I tagged along from the restaurant. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm running uh, as a candidate for the People's Party in Cambridge, but is this true that the Conservatives are saying to their candidates, don't go to the debates? Absolutely. When I was uh, running for the Conservative Party of Canada in, 12, in 
2015, the last general election, and they didn't want any candidates to do any debates. And I received some phone calls. I was running for the conservative in 2015. Some phone calls from some candidates in Quebec, and they were asking me advice. Maxime, do you think I must be there at that debate in my riding? And I were always said, yes, you want to be their representative. You must be there. You must debate. But actually, that's a position from the Conservative Party of Canada. You see, that, that fascinates me because I just thought they were afraid to debate me. <laughs> oh, but, but now, You're not special, Dave. Now my head is just a bit smaller. I, I really thought that I was that threatening. But, but that, that is, you know, the, the problem with that is, like, that is the height of disrespect for your constituents. Yeah. Right? But, you know, there, there's something else at play here. It's that when you've been able to control the dialogue by labeling all of your opponents these horrible things, your ideas actually get flat and lazy. They, they don't get worked out. You don't have the intellectual sparring to be able to figure out what you really think and be able to stand across from someone that you disagree with and make your point clearly. And I think what happened, and the reason so much of this is connected through YouTube and podcasts, is that as over the last 10 years, you guys were able to find other ways to get information, and in a really fast way with a huge wide array of people, suddenly you heard all of these things from people that you couldn't hear about before. And on the other side, they were going, well, it's worked. It's worked to call everybody a racist for this long, so why even debate them? And I think that's why, you know, with the CBC and some of the things you guys are dealing with up here, you have trouble just getting talked about. Absolutely. But as, uh, as Eric Weinstein, who I'm sure many of you guys know, mentioned on my show, one of the type fake news is not just that they're f selling something that's dishonest. Fake news is also that they won't cover certain things. So be aware, be aware. Look how many people are here tonight, really. According, according to the media, you do not exist. Yeah. <laughs> you're all superheroes. You're all invisible people. Yeah. You do not exist. Jedi. You're, you're Jedi. You're all Jedi's. And if I may add on that, uh, we did a rally in Vancouver last week. We had 500 people over there. We had the CBC and the media. No coverage after that, but they were there. I did a rally after that. It was uh, last week also, the day after in uh, Calgary. 500 people over there, like the crowd tonight. The media were there, nothing on the news. So I think it was fake news. I think yeah, right. it, is, it, is a t it is absolutely a type of fake news by ignoring you. And then, you know, that also is the irony. The more they say, oh, you're racist and bigots, and the more they ignore you, it becomes this mysterious thing. And then what I think will happen over the course of tonight for any of you that are here, that maybe you're on the fence about what really is freedom, what is liberty, what does caring about the individual mean, well, you're going to walk out of here and go, wow, I didn't hear anything that was racist. I didn't even hear anything that was radical. All I heard was something that challenges just the mainstream factory settings that we're all sold on. And, and that's what we have to unfold. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, even members of the media themselves are being shut out of the election debate if they stand for freedom of speech. Here's the Rebel Media's David Menzies report on his arrest and expulsion from a Conservative Party event held in Whitby, Ontario on September 30th, the day after the PPC event in Hamilton. David Menzies for the Rebel News here in Whitby, Ontario. Well, folks, I'm outside the Ability Centre. This is the venue for a press conference uh, that's going to take place 
uh, headed up by the Conservative Party leader, Andrew Scheer. I have no idea what he's going to announce as part of uh, his party's platform. Hopefully it's going to be a big announcement. It is exactly three weeks before the federal election on October 21st. And um, hey, let's put it this way. Uh, if the polls are correct, this is a neck and neck horse race. Clearly Andrew Scheer has to break through. He has to get some good vibrations going. So I'm going to go into the uh, press conference and find out what the leader has to say today. As this is not a public event and you are not accredited media, so we're going to ask you to leave this. How do you get to be accredited media? Uh, you need to be accredited by the campaign. You are not accredited media, so we're going to ask you to leave, please. And why is that? Uh, you are not accredited media. This is a private event. We are going to ask you to leave, please. No, you keep saying that, but why am no, I I'm not, not doing an interview right media. here right now. You can get in touch with our press office. Well, that's office. what I was invited for. You, so you are like... actually not invited. You are not accredited okay, media. We're going to ask you to leave. You can get in touch with the press office and uh, get learn more about our Is this the Andrew Shear event or the Justin Trudeau event? Uh, Mr. Menzies, I'm going to ask yes. you to leave, please. You're not accredited. What is he announcing that you don't want? Who are you, by the way? I'm uh, with the campaign. You're welcome to step outside here. Mr. I'll stay here. I'm, I'm okay. with the RCMP. It's a private event. Please walk. Sir, please walk. It's a private Excuse event. Me. Please. Don't, don't shove me, right? I'm not shoving you. I'm okay. asking you to leave. I'm asking you how you get to start walking. Okay. So this is this is free speech in Canada right now. But you're not welcome in this private. I've got my brothers in the media. Are you going to stand up for this, or is it going to be some solidarity? Yes, some free time. So leave. The owner really doesn't want him. Is this? I I didn't know this was a Trudeau president. I thought it was a Conservative president. Is there anyone going to be in solidarity with me? Any of you? When I have the room police come in. No. Just wait for the room police to come in. All right. Well, that sure didn't go as planned. In fact, I'm in a state of shock, folks. Andrew Scheer and his conservative lackeys actually called the police on me and had me removed from a public venue. As you can see in the back, uh, there is the Team Scheer big blue bus. Uh, I'm not allowed to even go in the parking lot. I'll be charged with trespass. That's what the, the police had told me. So I'm on a public sidewalk about 120 meters away from the bus. I'm going to see if I can shout out some questions to Andrew Shear, see if he'll have the intestinal fortitude to answer them. Uh, some of the questions I think should be, um, when did he start taking uh, censorship lessons from Justin Trudeau? And why is it that the, the likes of the Toronto Star, the Globe and Mail, the CBC, the so-called mean girls of the media party, they're welcome to these events uh, with a red carpet, but a conservative leading journalist has the police frog march him out? And does he indeed believe in freedom of speech, and freedom of the press, and freedom of expression? He says he does, but I would say that his actions indicate otherwise. In any event, I'm going to attempt to um, ask those questions to Mr. Sheard before he leaves Whitby. And um, assuming I don't get arrested, let's see what happens. I'm just I'm I'm just trying to get a uh, uh, an answer excuse me excuse me 
You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Well, of course, David Menzies did get forcibly removed from the Ability Center's press conference event. And although this instance was complicated by the fact that the Whitby event was essentially a private gathering, bear in mind what the bigger picture here is, that this is the same Conservative Party that forced Maxime Bernier out of its ranks, as well as having done the same to Salim Mansour as a Conservative candidate in his writing. And they did that after Salim had already been campaigning on their behalf for months before. So while the Conservatives dread the possibility of being covered objectively, the PPC is begging for objective news coverage. So I woke up yesterday uh, and uh, as all good politicians do, I'm learning what it is to be a good politician. So I, I went on Google and I saw, has anybody in the media mentioned me today? <laughs> and uh, I always look for Max first, and then I look for myself. Right? <laughs> so, so yesterday, CBC had a story, and it was saying that this, it was local CBC, uh, this little boy, five-year-old boy, had written a letter to local politicians local politicians, because he was concerned about the death of the polar bears. Fair enough. And the cute, really cute kid. Really just curly hair, beautiful. And uh, of course, in, and it said, Dave Haskell did not respond. <laughs> and so I'm frantic. I, I've got five kids. I mean, I love kids. I, I don't want to disappoint a child. I'm afraid, I'm thinking, how could I have overlooked this? How could I have overlooked this? I'm searching my email box. I call up the secretary of the writing association. Did you get a letter and not hand it down to me? Something from a kid about polar bears? <laughs> Nothing. Turns out we didn't get a letter at all. And then, you know, I slowed down for a bit and I thought, wait a minute. CDC didn't even check with me. Did you ever receive this letter? This whole thing was fake news. They did note, oh, the other candidates, they answered the letter. I, I then I quickly set off an email to the CBC News. Are you kidding me? You didn't even contact me. I received no letter. And now I'm getting emails. Why don't you like kids? <laughs> So, so that was just yesterday. I mean, I could go on, but, but that's a typical day as a People's Party candidate, I'll let you know. You know, I have a lot of questions by journalists, and um, they are asking sometimes good questions. A good question is, what is the biggest challenges that you have as a leader of a new party? And the biggest one is to be known is to be out there because half of the population don't know that we exist. And the biggest challenge that we have, it's with the mainstream media. And now we use the social media and the more we'll be out there, the more I think people will be able to listen of what we are seeing. And I can tell you that it's a, it's a long journey. We started that a year ago, but it's only the beginning also. So let's be out there. I don't know if, what is your experience in campus and... Well, I would also say that we have to stop giving these words so much power. And that's, that's a challenge because when you get called all of these awful things, it hurts. You, you can, you know, sort of, it makes you feel like it's going to hurt some of your friendships and, and or relationships you, Dave, like, or things like that. It's Rosh Hashanah, right? It is. You're Jewish. Yeah. And you got called a Nazi. I don't with you crazy tonight. people. You see? <laughs> right? You see what's going on here? Yeah. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. But... Well, 
the disconnect between reality and what these people out there are actually seeing is just beyond belief, but sort of interesting. Well, it's the audacity of it. I mean, I actually, I, I wanted to be here regardless, and I'll, I'll go home and be with family tomorrow, but as Salim mentioned, it's, it's really celebrating the creation of the universe. This is creating something. This, what we're doing, having these conversations, is creating an ability to have more f uh, freedom in the future. But, but just quickly on the words, stop giving them power. So when someone says that, that Max is racist, what would a racist want? W would a racist want a policy that would treat everyone as individuals and not by the color of their skin? Would a racist want low taxes? I mean, we could go through the litany of absurd things that none of his policies are racist. Or, or, or is this man a homophobe? Do you want to hold hands for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> you know, come on. Yes, is this a homophobe? That was nice. Um, it, I, I'm feeling a little bit left out. Uh, Frank, yeah, me, where's Arnie? Sure. You, me, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you covered, man. All right, now this is getting weird. The point is... <laughs> The point is, stop giving these words power. They, they are actually meaningless, and they're the last gasps of people that don't have much left. Those people don't have ideas out there. That really is the truth. And that was just a small taste of what the Mohawk College PPC event in Hamilton was like. And after it was all over, Robert Vaughn touched base with Maxime Bernier, Dave Rubin, and David Haskell about their reactions to the evening. To respond to uh, the reception you've had today. Oh, I'm very. The reception in the building or outside the building? Ah, both. <laughs> no, in the building. I'm very pleased. People are here to learn a little bit more about the party, and we had a good discussion with Dave and everybody here. But the reception outside the building, they have the right. They have the right to protest, but protest. When they protest peacefully, that's okay. When they're not, you know, that's not the Canadian way of protesting. Uh, but at the end, you know, I'm here to speak and I have the right to speak about what I believe. And these people with me on the stage also, they have the same right. So yes, I believe in freedom of speech. I believe that people can have the right to protest. But I believe at the same time, when they're doing that, they must, they must do that peacefully. You must be uh, very happy to see such a, a great response and a huge audience willing to brave the uh, the protesters outside. I understand that there was arrests and altercations. But does that give you hope to go forward into the last two weeks of the election? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, that's that is uh, giving me a lot of energy to go on. And but we had a great crowd here. But also when I'm traveling across the country, like I said, I was in a. Calgary a couple of days ago and we had 500 people over there in Vancouver we had another 500 people over there so something is happening and we'll see what will happen the 21st of October thank you Merci. this response tonight sort of goes against the usual American narrative of Canada being a, a very left-wing socialist society <laughs> does this sort of go against what the Americans think um, about Canada so again, it's hard to say what the Americans think because, you know, we're all over the place just like you guys are. So I would say, sadly, you know, Americans, we don't think that much about the rest of the world. Everyone thinks about us. We don't have that much time to think about everybody else. But what I can tell you is this, and in the last year and a half, I visited two dozen or so countries. And what I found is that even in places like Sweden that are, you know, thought of as the, the Bernie Sanders sort of socialist utopias, there are plenty of people that care about freedom there. There are plenty of people that don't like identity politics. There are plenty of people that want to fight 
to keep the government out of out of their bedroom and out of their wallet and the rest of those things. So, so no, this doesn't surprise me at all. And actually, if anything, the more that you see the ever encroaching progressive ideology infect every part of everyone's lives, who they can talk to and what they can talk about and the rest of it, and who they can address a certain way or whatever else, uh, the more that you're going to see events like this and and candidates that, like Maxine come out and and be forces for good because it's a it's a countermeasure to that. Yeah, yeah you got it. Your impression tonight, David, of the uh, turnout? Uh, it was a full house, and I, I was not pleasantly surprised just by that. I, I suspected that we were going to have a full house, but what I really was impressed by was the level of passion in the room. And you don't see this at other political rallies. You don't see this with the liberals. Uh, of course you don't. I mean, they're embarrassed, right? They're, actually, I think they're, they come in in masks now. But, but this is really unique. And I think it speaks to the fact that the people who are involved in the People's Party have conviction. And that is more important than the money and the, the established uh, side of the party. Because that is what changes society. People who actually believe in something. And so I saw that tonight, and that was encouraging. Now we have Dave Rubin up here. Why go to an American celebrity? Are there not any freedom-loving Canadians up here to help Maxime out on stage? Besides yourself and Frank Vaughn, of course. Right. Well, there are. There are. I think that Dave and Max had a special connection because yes. Dave had him on, on his show. And uh, they're both libertarian, uh, you know, at the end of the day. Max has that mix between libertarian, conservative, classical, liberal, and I guess Dave does too. So because they had that connection, it just seemed to make sense. And the one thing about Dave that is a little bit unique, apart from other celebrities who may be YouTube-oriented celebrities, he's funny too. And so when you have a, an event like this, you want people to laugh as well as to say, hmm. Uh, so hmm, we do that a lot. So to be able to chuckle a bit was good for the audience and for us on stage. How's it going on the hustings? It is, it's really tiring. It really is. Because I'm not only running against the other candidates, I'm running against the media. Yeah. And they, they are uh, an opposition force that I didn't think that I'd have to contend with. Often you think at the local level that the media is going to be more fair. But I think increasingly the local media is watching what the national media is misrepresenting about the People's Party. And so they just have a chip on their shoulder and, and they think it's a noble thing to provide skewed and biased coverage. Well, good luck. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. That message about skewed and biased coverage is a consistent complaint and observation that just about anyone can see for themselves if they actually attend or witness these PPC events. And that's just one of the ways Canadians are being misinformed and uninformed. The official English leaders' debate was held in Gatineau, Quebec this past Monday, and the following report by the Rebel Media's Ezra Levant was made on the Friday before that debate. And you should know that the Rebel Media went to court on the Monday morning to seek an injunction against their exclusion and actually won their case, so that they were able to eventually attend the debate on Monday. This Monday is the only English language debate that Justin Trudeau will participate in this election, but his hand-picked debate commission has banned our Rebel News reporters and other conservative media from even attending the debate. Our journalists, Kean Bexty and David Menzies, each applied. 
I personally wrote to the gatekeepers myself weeks ago, but only today, right before the weekend and the debate itself is on Monday, did they have the courtesy to even write back, and they flatly refused us permission. Permission? It's a free country. That's all the permission we need. We don't need special permission to cover the only debate the Prime Minister deigns to participate in in English. It's our right. Understand what I mean here. We're not applying to be one of the debate moderators who were selected by Trudeau's hand-picked debate commission precisely because of their history of being soft on Trudeau. They're all left-leaning advocates, including the CBC's Rosemary Barton, seen here taking a selfie with Trudeau, and Althea Raj, seen here taking a selfie with Trudeau, and Chantal Hebert, who was the Trudeau scholar at the Trudeau Foundation. And now all these Trudeau advocates are going to grill Trudeau. Yeah, sure. Now, we know we'd never be allowed to actually ask Trudeau a question in the debate. We might ask something tough, but... This ban means we won't even be allowed in the building at all. We won't even be allowed in the big holding room with hundreds of other reporters. We're banned, not by a political party, by the government, the government itself. That's illegal. And the excuse they gave, well, you can see the one-line explanation offered by the government press gallery. It is our view that your organization is actively involved in advocacy. Well, hang on, what does that mean? that we have a point of view, but so do all the journalists on that panel. Keen and David do real reporting every day, and like I've told you before, these same gatekeepers personally approved journalists from Xinhua, the Chinese Communist Party's propaganda organ. They'll let anyone in unless you're a conservative. And the arrogance of them telling us we're advocates, they're Unifor journalists and members of other journalism unions who have literally set up partisan campaign groups, super PACs, registered with Election Canada to campaign in support of Justin Trudeau. Oh, and they haven't done this just to us. They've done this to Andrew Lawton, also a young journalist from True North. They're, they're keeping out anyone who leans conservative. So this is about freedom of the press. It's about making the election campaign more fair, more democratic, more meaningful. And it's about Justin Trudeau's bizarre war on journalists that he seems to be getting away with during this campaign. Uh, the former head of a U.S. neo-Nazi group and the former member of Soldiers of Odin were some of the founding signatures for the Pop People's Party of Canada to officially register as a party uh, with Elections Canada. The debate commissioner says that Bernier still meets the qualifications. Do you think that Bernier should still be invited to the debate? No. I sent a letter to the, to the commissioner, and it's for that reason. If you look at the people that are being attracted to the party, if you look at the values that they're espousing, I agree in, in a fair exchange of ideas. I agree that we should have different opinions. Even though I don't like conservatives that talk about cutting taxes, I believe they should be able to say that. And I'm going to push back and say, you're going to cut services for families and it's going to hurt. I believe we should have that debate. But at some point, the debate goes beyond an exchange of ideas to, to ideas that are hateful, that are going to spread division, that are going to hurt communities. And that can't be allowed. If there's one consistent message that comes through with all of these actions and comments by various members of the left, which in my view includes the Conservative Party of Canada, it's that freedom of speech and open debate are not welcome. 
By the way, that was a totally and highly biased and unconscionable smear question posed to Jagmeet Singh as asked by Global News regarding the, quote, founding signatures of the PPC. So if you're going to play the guilt by indirect association card, then let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Just take a look at some of the people associated with the Greens, the NDP, the Liberals, and the Conservatives. My God, if you want to condemn anybody on those grounds, there's more than enough evidence there to do that. And for Jagmeet Singh... To say that Bernier should not have participated in the leaders' debate on the basis of, quote, the kind of people they're attracting and the values they're espousing, end quote, then he has, in his own way, echoed Hillary Clinton's accusation that the voters who supported Donald Trump in the United States were deplorable. It was also a direct insult to people like myself, like Robert Vaughn, and the thousands of Canadians who've been attending PPC events across the country. And that would include our final two guests on the show today, Derek Harrison, who Robert Vaughn interviewed at the PPC event in Gatineau on August 18, and Mark Emery, known as the Prince of Pot at the Hamilton PPC event on September 29th. We're here with Derek Harrison otherwise known as Rance Derrick. If anybody's a fan of YouTube, they may have come across Rance Derrick in one of his rants where he's smoking his cigarette (laughs) and uh, feeding his horses and just talking about politics in general in Canada. So it was a great privilege to finally meet up with him. Here we are in Gatineau, Quebec at the People's Party of Canada Candidates Conference. So what brings you here? You're not a candidate, Rance. What are your media? I'm media. I'm just covering the event. I've been a big supporter of the PPC since the beginning. Even before the beginning, I was thinking Max was going to split off and do his own party after the whole debacle between the conservative leadership race and how many extra ballots there were. I was pushing for Max to go out on his own. Not that he ever knew, but I was. (laughs) So what about the policies? I know that watching your, uh, your rants, your videos on YouTube, that you're pretty much simpatico with much of what the People's Party has to say. Is there any particular policies that have attracted you to the party? Almost everything he has to say. I mean, the immigration policy, um, repealing the Indian Act. There's, there's not. I don't think there's any part of his platform that I disagree with. Yeah, I think the, I think the feeling is mutual here with, uh, with Just Right Media is that we're very much in line with the rational, as he calls, common sense uh, platform that the People's Party have put out. And uh, what do you think of the? What is your impression of the candidates' conference here today? There's got to be 700 to 1,000 people here. It's not every day you get to be around like-minded folks. Yeah. Uh, it's, conversations go very easily. You don't have to worry about tripping over your feet or you know biting your tongue about anything. It's just natural, normal conversation. No PC, freedom of speech. It is. It's everybody's on. Seems to be on the same page. Everybody's happy to be here. So yeah, it's really nice. I'm surprised how many people knew who I was when I got here. Actually. Oh come on. <laughs> they don't know my the face. hats, the tats. They don't know my face. It's my hands. They know. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I understand that you started ranting or your YouTube channel not that long ago, and yet you've probably got close to 7,000 subscribers, which is quite considerable. Uh, What do you think it is that attracts people to your rants? Uh, Probably being uncensored. I do not represent the party in any official capacity whatsoever, but I do support the party and everything they say. So whatever the PPC can't say, I'll say it. (laughs) <laughs> and there's some things that people 
would rather hear with uh, sit down and listen to somebody having a beer with them say it because it's more relatable. I call it a mix between Trailer Park Boys and Rick Mercer. <laughs> that's pretty apt. I think that's pretty apt. Yeah. <laughs> and the comments on your YouTube channel basically favorable. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, you get a few trolls that try to drag you out, but they just waste your time. There's no point. I've gotten death threats. I've gotten all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Once you put your face out there in public, it's fair game. There's been a recent hit piece on you, I understand. You want to talk about that? Sure. Uh, Press Progress is what I like to call the propaganda arm of the NDP. It was founded by Ed Broadbent, the former leader of the NDP, and it's funded by the the Broadbent Institute. And they like to call it a think tank and a progressive think tank, whatever else. It's just to slander people and push out their propaganda. And we proved that with, uh, with how badly they slandered me. And what exactly did they say? Well, they called me a white supremacist, a racist. They said an altercation that I had before that I had told the gentleman to go back to his country, go back to his s-hole country, and I never would have said that. <clears throat> never would say that. Yeah. So it's just not in my character to do such things. Can we expect a video in the future rebutting what they're saying, or do you want to just leave trolls like that alone? Uh, I've already done a small video rebutting it and just exposing to who they are. So if as long as people check out who the source is, but in this particular case you can't because the author didn't even leave their name in the article. Mm -hmm. So it's just a hit piece, no recourse, and nobody will be held accountable for it. Anonymous name calling, a typical kind of response we can expect, I guess, from such people. Yeah. Yeah. Now what about uh, politics? Let's get into some politics here. Uh, Here we are in Gatineau, basically the capital region of the country. Not far from here, of course, is where Trudeau and his minions uh, determined policy and, plat- and, and uh, law for this nation. Where has Justin Trudeau and the Liberals brought this nation in your mind? They have done a successful job of dividing this nation. Racism was not a problem until 2015 when they made it a problem. They started saying the words over and over and over again, programming Canada to think that it's a hateful, raceful, racist place. Mm. It's the same ideology that Catherine McKenna was pushing while she was out in Nova Scotia, saying you say it loud enough and you keep repeating it, eventually it becomes truth. Yeah. And that seems to be their whole ballgame here. So the uh, People's Party under Maxime Bernier is more of a unity party because they don't fall for that victim ideology, that victimhood status and and, and hyphenated Canadian status. Would you agree? I do agree with that. And that's one thing. It really exposes who gets special treatment when you try to treat everybody equally and the same. That's when you expose who wants special treatment. Mm. Well, it's been a great pleasure meeting you. Love your videos. Look forward to your future ones and keep those horses fed. Thanks very much, Derek. Thank you. (laughs) Cheers. I'm with longtime friend, associate, and uh, fellow politician, yeah. collaborator. It's good to see you, Robert. It's been a long time. <laughs> I think we first met each other in probably about 1982? 85. 85, okay. 85. So when Still. Freedom Party was really rolling, yeah. kind of the early peak. Now, Mark, the Prince of Pot, has the dubious honor, I would say, of probably supporting every single political party in this country, provincially I, and federally. I can list them up, but I've never voted for the Conservative Party, ever. No. But I voted for the Marijuana Party, the Green Party, the NDP, the Liberals, um, and the, certainly the Freedom Party in the 80s, the Unparty once. Um, I don't think there's been any... Uh, and the BC Marijuana Party, I yeah. found it. So, yeah, lots. I've been everywhere. Now, what about the PPC? Your impressions? Oh, I'm giving the maximum to candidates, giving the maximum to 
to, I love Max, known Max for three years. Yeah. Uh, I was at the Conservative Leadership Convention. So I was there, I bought a membership, I supported Max, I watched him get robbed of the leadership, yeah. and but I had never voted for them in an actual election, and of course I'm never going to. Um, but now I'm pretty convinced. Uh, the Green Party, NDP, and the Liberals, Conservative, horrible collectivist parties, uh, just rapacious spending proposals. Uh, I've never seen such a, a gluttony of politicians you know, ripping off the taxpayer gratuitously day after day after day with new promises of spending. And you know, young people are out on the street talking about saving the planet from a climate emergency. They will have no resources left because the one thing the old people really did do and screw up is they spent those kids into near bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. There's going to be no money uh, that the government, everything will go to the deficit and the debt. These young people are going to be paying these fabulous whopping sums for a debt and they won't have the resources to do the things they may need to do because we have committed to spending so much money, uh, this older generation, that we have f***ed those kids over budgetarily and economically. But as to the environment, we've left them a fabulous planet to work with. Now, again, you've shifted from party to party to party. Is there anything in the PPC that may give you pause to think that at some point in the future you would abandon the PPC as well? No, like every single platform, Plank, um, I think we need to have much less immigration because all those people are going to the city, my city, Toronto, and it's sending rents up. I'm a normal middle-class guy, but my rents are going up. The pressure on property everywhere is tremendous. 350,000 new people each year all seeking accommodation and largely going to Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver. That is not sustainable, at least not for ordinary people who make $13, $14, $15, $20 an hour, right? So. I, I look at the immigration strictly from an economic. We need to lower the amount of pressure put on a market that's tightly rent controlled. Toronto's very rent controlled. So they're not, it's not like there's a free market to accommodate these kind of demands because immigrants do make contributions. In the long run, they're a tremendous asset to the, com the country. But initially, they settle when they have very few resources in big cities to be near their culture, the people they know. And that's putting tremendous pressure on Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal, where for a normal young person, especially, again, it's not sustainable for them. They can't live in a city and work in a city with this much pressure on rents. And when I look at, and of course, crony capitalism is a misnomer. It's crony statism. Or just cronyism. Cronyism. And that, of course, we need to abolish all corporate welfare, all the level the playing field honestly and totally, get rid of all government interference in business. We need to deregulate so many sectors. We need to end the Indian Act. We need to give in native people property rights on those reserves. We need to break up those reserves into private property units that each individual First Nation person can do something with, have an asset, and build from there. So, you know, I, I actually, of course, subscribe to a much more radical platform, but I'm content with the entire platform that the PPC has. I agree with everything. I've never heard Max ever say anything, and I follow him daily, ever say anything I disagree with. Well, I, fi I, I hope you finally settle on a political party that you can stay with for some length of time. I'm, I'm like, I was a founding member. I've given the maximum each year. I'm, I just gave the guy from Guelph 100 bucks. I'm, I'm giving $1,600 to Canada, $1,600 to the party for the election. I'm doing what I can. I'm holding up signs at intersections for candidates, right? And in the past, and even though Max hasn't articulated a cannabis party, he will once he gets re-elected. It's really important to get Max elected at his seat in both. Because then we have a voice for four years. Right. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, and, Robert, uh, good to see good you see again. Yeah, yeah. Say hi to Robert. As for the mainstream media, 
Its fear of media competition will continue to fuel the shift towards social media, so, as increasingly is the case, it's up to folks like us to bring you the views and viewpoints that form the foundation of a true dialogue. And that's why we invite you, as always, to join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Hi, gang. I heard there was a big powwow going on here. It's our ratings, Ted. Oh, are they up? Does this look like a celebration? Now, does anybody have any suggestions about improving the show? Improving the show? Well, we could make it longer. Oh, Ted, you've missed the point. If it's not doing too hot now, that would make it not doing too hot stretched out. Hey, look, look. Why don't we all write out on slips of paper what we feel the main drawback of the show is and then have them read anonymously? Why anonymously? So that Ted's feelings won't be hurt. (laughs) 